0: Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy
1: Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to a special edition of the Thinklings Podcast, specifically, and we normally don't say the
0: day, but we are going to say the day, for November 29th. And that day is significant for a couple of reasons. One, that is C.S. Lewis's birthday. And in honor of his birthday, it's also now a quote-unquote holiday. It's a C.S. Lewis reading day. And a lot of C.S. Lewis fans and students uh, are doing things today on different podcasts and social media accounts, in memorandum of Lewis and of his works, trying to encourage other people to read him. And so here we are, the thinklings, and we have a special C.S. Lewis episode. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and so Tim doesn't really know what we're going to do in this episode, but I do, which is usually a recipe for disaster, but we'll see what we can do here. So I have, I have uh, a little intro blurb we're going to do. We're okay. going to talk about Lewis as an author. Mm. And then we're gonna have a couple of uh, Lewis uh, activities, we'll call them. So first, uh, this is just a,
1: a random Google search. And I wanted to know, where does Lewis rank with book selling? So uh, I just Googled best selling books of all time. And we're gonna
0: see if Tim can pick any of these out. So Lewis is on this list that I pulled up. This was. The first, if you Googled it and you clicked the first thing that came up, and if you scroll down through it.
2: Should I Google it real quick?
0: No, no, no. no, no, <laughs> no, no. So there are some things on here that you will be able to guess. Okay. So we're going to see how well Tim can do. Oh, boy. So if you had to throw some titles out here best selling books of all time.
2: Probably Screw Tape Letters.
0: Oh, okay. Just to, to clarify, And that's not on here. This is all books, not just Lewis books. Oh, okay. But Screw Tape Letters is not on here.
2: Oh, oh, okay.
0: So just think like, if you had to say, what's the number one selling book of all time?
2: Well, the Bible.
0: Boom, you got it. That's number one. And they have estimated it here as 5 billion, with a B, uh, copies sold. Uh, So similar to that, as you go down the list, what would be some other things similar to it that might be in high regard?
2: Like the New Testament?
0: Uh, Do they make a distinction? No, they don't make a distinction within the Bible. Okay. But without it.
2: Pilgrim's Progress.
0: Uh, no, that is not on here. Huh? So other, other spiritual books.
2: <laughs> you need Andy here for this type of a thing. I mean, so not
0: non-Christian,
2: non-Christian. Yeah. Oh, so like the Quran. Quran is number two. Okay.
0: With 3 billion uh, copies sold, apparently. And then uh, all the way down at number nine on an another American religion that thinks they're Christian, but not really.
2: Hmm. What, Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or something?
0: Bing, bing, bing. There it is. So number nine is the Book of Mormon. Okay. With 150 million. So not B anymore. Uh, there's a couple of things on here that I've never heard of. So I'll just go through the list. So the Little Red Book, quotations from Chairman Mao. Hmm. Uh, no idea. Might have to look into that. 900 million. Wow. So it's this big. Uh, Don Quixote, which is a classic. Mm-hmm. 500 million. Uh, so... Similar to number three, selected articles of Chairman Mao. So, don't know who Chairman Mao is. Maybe I'm just a, you know, an urban blockhead for not knowing that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Four hundred fifty million, a very popular one. Tale of Two Cities, two hundred million. Number seven, one of your favorites.
2: One of my favorites.
0: Yep, and it is a, it is a trilogy. Which (sighs) I, I guess this is supposed to be individual books.
2: Oh, but they did a trilogy here.
0: Well, they didn't specify.
2: I don't know. Lord of the Rings would be the only trilogy.
0: There it is, number seven. Lord of the Rings, uh, C.S. Lewis's buddy J.R. Mm. Tolkien, one hundred and fifty million. Okay. As we keep going, uh, scouting for boys An introduction into good citizenship, one hundred and fifty million.
2: Hmm.
0: Yep. Number we did number nine, Book of Mormon. Ten was The Little Prince. Actually, I have a cousin who was adapting this into a play, and I don't remember the update of that. But, uh, Aaron, if you're listening to this, we'd love to hear in the update on that. I think it already, it was either a COVID casualty or it's already happened. I can't mm. remember, but the little prince, 140 million. The next one, another recent fiction, very popular series. Harry Potter. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is number 11, 120 million. The Truth That Leads to Eternal Life. They don't have an author, 107 million. Alice in Wonderland, a hundred million. Wow! At thirteen, fourteen, Dream of the Red Chamber, one hundred million, and then number fifteen. It's a single title by C.S.
2: Lewis. By C.S. Lewis, oh. and that is *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*.
0: The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, at eighty-five million. Okay. Whoo! So he he's up there, and I, I was just curious.
2: Sure. As far as are any of his other titles on the list? Uh, it
0: stops at fifteen. Oh, okay. So. Oh. I was curious though, like where does he rank? You know, yeah. so I went to Wikipedia and there's, it's, it's hard to tell who's pulling these lists. I feel like I'm about to sneeze too. So pause, maybe I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> no, we're good. Okay. So, uh, it's, it's hard to track down numbers because you're just wondering like, Oh yeah. Some, some of the sites are only UK sales or only American sales right. and da, 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 For example, uh, we just read in this other list that he sold approximately 85 million copies uh-huh. of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. On Wikipedia's uh, page, list of best selling books, there is a list of best selling individual books. They have more than 100 million, which they have Tale of Two Cities, which we mentioned before, The Little Prince, Harry Potter, and then there were none uh, by Agatha Christie that wasn't on the other list. But if it, you know, if it did have a hundred million, it would outrank mm. C. S. Lewis's 85.
2: Well, I'd probably trust Wikipedia.
0: Yep. And then <laughs> there's the Dream of the Red Chamber. Never heard of it. The, the Hobbit is on here. Oh. Um, but then between 50 and a million copies, uh, we have a lot of things in the 80 to 50 million range. If C. S. Lewis had sold 85 million, he should be in this list. He's not. Okay. Uh he is down here somewhere, I had to, you know, control F and search his name to find it. But he is on here. Uh, and so it's it's a little hard, uh, but I don't think any of his other books were as uh, high of a seller as The Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe.
2: Sure. I would expect that one to be his highest selling. So that leads me to
0: Lewis Activity. I guess this is number two, because we already did number one, where we looked at his. We went through the list. So we're going to have a draft, Tim. Oh, boy. And... Uh, we're each going to get three picks and you have to pick like your number one, like we're going to treat it like it's football or basketball where you the number one overall pick. And then the other person gets to pick.
2: I'm really bad at sports, especially well, in the re- draft.
0: <laughs> that's not true. Tim was a very good fantasy football <laughs> player uh, back in the day. And so, so it, it's arbitrary, <laughs> but you get to make your pick and then you get to tell us why that's your number one or
2: so I get three.
0: Yeah. So, and we'll, I'll give you the benefit of the number one pick, but you get to pick a single Lewis title. Okay. You're, you're building a team. Sure. And uh, we could do basketball. We could have five, but yeah. no, let's do eh, three. we're going to do three. Okay. A bit more and time so conscience. if
2: you pick one of mine, then I got to pick a different one. Is that so the yeah, way it works? If
0: you pick one, I can't pick it. Sure. So individual titles of, uh, within Narnia are all on the table as well as any of his fiction or nonfiction works. If they're bound in one single bind, you can claim them. So, Tim, you get the number one overall pick. And again, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna talk a little bit more to give him. Time to I think. won't
2: take your first one It'll because be okay. because
0: I didn't, I didn't. Oh, I got him at all. I got this. I you got, got this. it. Okay, okay I got number this. one overall pick.
2: Number one overall pick. The book that cu- I cut my Lewis teeth on, The Abolition of Man. Ooh, be my number one pick.
0: Why, why is that the one. number one overall? Why,
2: the urban blockhood, blockhead, uh, irrigating deserts instead of chopping down forests, the cultivation of the inf- affections. So the abolition mm-hmm. of man and the idea of affections has, has uh, significantly shaped my uh, discipleship methodology and even my love for poetry in Hebrew and the Old Testament. So I wouldn't say that the... Um, that that lewis was the one that introduced me to all of that i think i actually got it through a study of poetry and hebrew poetry but lewis and uh jonathan edwards and this idea of the affections was already kind of rumbling around in my mind from studies and it just kind of uh connected with the biblical truth concerning the fear of the lord so abolition of man chapter one particularly in the cultivation of Mm. the affections
0: yeah I did not think that was where you were going
2: to go. Yeah. Number one overall pick was probably like somebody else's, you know, fourth round pick uh, number 27 or something.
0: Here's why I think that's a sneaky good pick. (laughs) Because it is an essay that if you wanted the same idea, it's sprinkled all over Lewis. Mm -hmm. And you could even get a fiction that talks about it. You could read... Screw tape letters. uh, Screw tape. You could read... um, that hideous strength, mm-hmm. the, and those, those elements are all, so you're, you're, you're doing exactly what I would think, is the abolition of man is distilled. It, it's, it's, it's all really focused
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, maybe not as accessible as the story would be, but it's, it's all right there in a very short, accessible uh, little essay. essay, three essays, but so that's a good pick. I like that. So I have, I've, I have two, two desires battling within me.
2: Well, I'm guessing Abolition of Man was not one of your picks at all, so... It, it
0: might have been. It might have
2: been. <laughs> Way to be gracious with me. Appreciate so, that.
0: <laughs> uh, so I know what everyone wants me to do. Oh, yeah, of course. Just say it. And I'm trying to think, is you there anything to. that justifies not picking
2: that? No, pick? you have to say it.
0: Yeah, okay. You have to take The Lion, the Witch, and the World. Yeah,
2: I knew, I knew that, that would be yours. Yeah. And I wasn't going to take it because, I mean, it was good, but I didn't... It wasn't my number one.
0: It, it's... it's if 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 I'm going Lewis's fiction... It's up there with a close tie to one other thing. Uh, but um, so, why the line The Witch in the Wardrobe is so good? Yeah. It introduces you to another world that you kind of already know as a Christian, but you get to know it in a vastly different way. And uh, I still think, and this is where I'm a little bit unique in the sense of, I'm a little bit late to the to the Christian party. Um, <laughs> I was 16, and I I mean I don't think I'd heard of C.S. Lewis until I got to college. I I and I think I've said this on the podcast before. My first interaction with C.S. Lewis was at the old coffee shop in Williamsburg, not the Great Brickhouse Coffee Co., but the Java House. What? Well, not no, not the Java House. Java Lounge. There's one in Iowa City that's the Mm. Java house. And then there's one that was the Java Lounge. And now it's a Mexican restaurant.
2: (sighs) Sounded sketchy.
0: Yeah. and so, But there was a TV in the corner of the Java Lounge's little uh, shop. Mm It's a little tiny tube TV up in the top corner. And there was one day I was in there with some friends and there was a movie playing on that TV. And it was the most recent adaptation, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And it was the scene where there's the battle and there's all the animals coming across and there's the witch. And you're like, what in the... And if you have no idea what that is, you're like, what in the world is that? Right. And uh, I remember one of my buddies at the table, oh, that's uh, the movie, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And you know, fast forward to college or seminary when I took Thinkling Stern's Lewis class where we explore Lewis and I had never really read him. And I still think one of the more powerful pictures in all of his books is when Lucy and Susan follow Aslan to the stone table where he dies in Peter's place. Or not Peter, Edmund. And really, you know, it's a picture of Christ's death for all, but he dies to, uh, pay for the uh to avenge or pay for the the betrayer the treason Mm -hmm. and they watch him get ridiculed and mocked and killed and then they watch the sun come up and he raises Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and uh obviously well before reading that i believed in the resurrection that you can't you can't uh, not believe and be a Christian. So I've already believed in Christ coming back from the dead. But that excites the the imagination of the resurrection in a way that uh, my, my affections hadn't been stirred that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, to this day, whenever I read that path, and I think rightfully so as a Christian, when you read a very well-written uh, picture of the resurrection, it should stir you. Yeah. And, but still, I think I think that picture at that point in that story is so powerful, and and all the other parts of it too. Where you know at the beginning you hear about Aslan, you don't know who he is, and then you meet Aslan, and then you realize Aslan's going to die for him. And I can ju- I, I I I just wonder as a child, who, doesn't understand the gospel, what that does in the mind and heart of a young child. And I think it's just beautiful because they're, they're going to find themselves wanting that deeply to be true and maybe not sure it actually is. And then they go to the Bible and they find out that it is. And so it's just, I think that picture in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is better than any other attempt he makes in any of his other fiction works. Uh, at, at, it's, it's a core central truth of the gospel that he gets done really well. And he kind of whiffs on some other things in his Narnia series, you know, as I'm listening through the last battle right now, reminded Ooh. that he he whiffs on some other things. But anyway, so number two pick, my first pick, I'll take the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, for the, the gospel truths that he imaginatively depicts for us. Beautiful. So back to you, Tim.
2: All right. Second so, you're it's the third overall <clears throat> pick, your number two pick. My number my number two pick is four loves. Ooh,
0: that is not, again, that is not what I thought you were going
2: I am glad I could be unpredictable. I, I can't, I, you know, I should have had you write down what you thought I was going to put down, because uh, that would be an interesting conversation. If I
0: don't pick it, I'm pretty sure it'll be your number three. Well,
2: we'll I know what my number three is, and I don't think you're going to guess that one at all. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, my number two would be The Four Loves, because of the focus on brotherhood. Mm-hmm. I don't like his Eros chapter. I think he's off. Okay, but the connection to charity and how charity is a foundational gift, uh, the love of God as being the supreme love above all other loves—you cannot love somebody else. Um, if you place a love higher than God, then it becomes a vice, uh, and and then really his chapter—if you—if you only read his chapter on friendship—I uh, think that you would be well served by that chapter and by that book. It would be worth. Um, reading just that chapter. So Four Loves is going to be my number two, number three overall pick. And uh, I really enjoyed working through that one together with you guys on the podcast. It was a good study and uh, really connected a lot of what we're trying to do as a podcast and what we're trying to encourage among our listeners.
0: Yeah, it is the Well, this is going to let the cat out of the bag a little bit. We're going to get to a point here where we're going to, I was going to ask you, what are some of your favorite Lewis quotes, if you can pull them up? And, uh, the little knots of friends who turn their backs on the world are the ones that really transform it. Yep. Uh, one of my favorites and, uh, where I first heard that was on a podcast talking about the inklings and, um. Uh, Not a friend of the podcast yet, but maybe someday, Malcolm Geit. I would love to have him on the podcast. He's a great poet as well. So I think you would appreciate that about him. But uh, I remember, and again, as someone who's fairly new to what this all was, I remember driving to, I was speaking at a camp. Uh And I think it was when I was taking the C.S. Lewis course and i wasn't really familiar with a lot of these finer details and so i was just trying to consume as much long form content on lewis and tolkien and their relationship as i could and stumbled upon this podcast where he's talking about you know who were the inklings and it was just you know before our podcast right so it was one of the quotes in the the seedbed of uh, our podcast
2: well i didn't even know about it until you guys brought it up I'm the latest, mm-hmm. what? I'm the late bloomer. To, Su- to C.S. Lewis? To C.S. Lewis. Yeah. I mean, Andy taught his class, so he was kind of like the grandfather of it all. And then you took his class. I never had a class or whatever. I just have read on my own. Yeah. And I didn't begin until my 30s, probably mid-30s when I first read like uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I never read them until, you yeah. know, my 30s.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, very similar to me, you know, my late twenties. And mm-hmm. anyway, so we'll go with the next pick. And now I have to get back into my mind. What was I going to pick? Oh boy. So it comes down to two things for me, and I'm I'm fairly confident.
2: Not I'm not fairly confident. Pretty I, sure that you won't pick mine.
0: I think I think that what I want to pick, you might pick. Yeah, whatever. But I'm not going to pick what I want to pick. I'm going to no, go pick with, what
2: you want to pick. I'm not going to pick it.
0: I. I think number two is uh, I'm going to pick The Great Divorce.
2: Ah, uh-huh, okay. I definitely was not going to pick that.
0: <laughs> so, uh, and, and this, and the reason why, again, it's, it's, a, it's a fiction work that really depicts some things uh, imaginatively and uh, I think geniusly. And if you've never read The Great Divorce, I'm going to give a snapshot. Guy is in hell. He gets on a bus. Goes to
1: heaven.
0: There's a lot of people that got on that bus from hell with him. And they're all trying to get up into the mountains of heaven. And there are people that they knew in their physical living life trying to help them get actually to heaven. And they all are coming up with reasons why they don't want to go. And uh, some people just hate it because it's like, Well, he's teaching that people go to hell and then they get a second chance.
2: No, it's a dream.
0: He's not. Well, that's the, uh,
2: the cop out at the end.
0: Yep. David Downing, who we've had on our podcast was, he, he says this, he's like, you just have to read the subheading. It's a guy having a dream and he's not trying to tell you what's true explicitly. He's trying to get you to think about what's true imaginatively. And again, that's why I think Lewis is just such uh, is a powerful writer because he, he does get you to think about things in a very unique way. And there are different reasons, different excuses that people come up with about why they're not going to get to heaven or why they're not going to go to heaven. And it's just a really interesting, thought-provoking, shorter fiction work. And uh, I don't think any other than The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, as far as thought provoking hmm. about something that I'm pretty convinced of theologically about how people go to heaven. I don't think any other uh, of Lewis's works has caused me to think and ponder, uh, a specific point of theology like the great divorce had. And so for that, I think it was worth, it made the list for me. I think it's, it's up there. Um, and if you don't pick, I have a a title in my mind right now, and if you don't pick it, I'm going to come back to it and say, here's why I didn't pick it, because it's similar to Great Divorce, but different. But anyway, that's my pick,
2: Great Divorce. Yeah, it's Screwtape Letters. Is that what you're going to pick? No, but it needs to be on the list, so since I know that you're going to pick it for your third one, even though I don't know if you should, because then you would have picked three fictional books. No,
0: I'm not going to pick it for my third one.
2: You won't? No. Well, I do like Screwtape Letters. That one should probably be my third, but I... uh, What I'm not going to...
0: Do it. You got to make a pick.
2: I'm going to make a pick. So I'm going to pick a Lewis title. I am going to pick fictional. I am going to go fictional on the third one. Okay. And uh, a a Lewis title that was very helpful for me in the composition of my dissertation. Are you with me? I think so. You know what it is?
0: Is it the second part of a series?
2: Yeah, it is. (gasps) So Paralandra... Yes. I'm going to pick for my third pick, which I'm probably going to make a lot of people angry about because Mere Christianity is not on our list and neither is Screwtape Letters, which would be well, great titles. I still have a pick. I know. I don't know what you're going to pick, but it probably should not be fiction since you picked <laughs> fiction for your first two. Hey. Just you know my what? feedback there. But <laughs> Paralandra really uh, it has a very artistic depiction of, of an individual, it's a fictional, but an individual's impact by uh, uh a satanic by satan that's that's the the picture of Paralandra um and then even just his attempt to recreate like the Garden of Eden and the temptation of uh Eve. Um and then finally also just his idea of uh nakedness without shame that he seeks to portray. Mm-hmm. I thought were uh, very well done and um, uh, and Anyway, it was a book I got in trouble for for quoting it in my dissertation, and uh, so I have a long history with that book and You I, got in trouble yeah, I mean you can't cite a a uh, fiction work fictional work in your dissertation. I used it as an illustration, but and she's like no and then i we had in, in my oral defense we had a bit of a conversation about it, and then the one guy said, maybe you' just stick it in a footnote <laughs> 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 because I was being pretty insistent about it, and so was my one uh Dissertation reviewer, yeah, and that uh, he didn't want it. <laughs> that is fantastic He didn't want it in the dissertation, and so I relegated it to a footnote.
0: Very good. I like that pick, and that is what I thought. I thought for sure when I conceived of this idea in my mind, <laughs> I'm, I was like, Paralandra has to make Tim's list." <laughs> I don't know where it'll be, but I, I almost thought you'd pick it number two. I
2: but. No, why pick a number two? I know you're not going to pick it.
0: Well, you you know I'm not going to pick it because if I was going to pick a work of the Ransom or Space Trilogy...
2: Yeah, you'd pick Hideous Strength.
0: Well, okay. It depends on what criteria I would be picking. If I'm picking like my personal favorite, I actually like Out of the Silent Planet.
2: Right.
1: I
0: like its preference. I like that one the best. Mm-hmm. I like the going to... I like the Sorns. Oh, yeah. The Soroni. I like the... The big, uh, or the, the little Fiffle Triggy. I like oh, the... brother. I like the Harasa. Like, I just, I like the, <laughs> the pioneering aspect of you're on a planet, you're learning about a
1: new world.
2: Okay, so what's your real pick?
1: So here's my, so you, number two was, uh, what did I pick for number two?
2: You did uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and then Fictional again great divorce oh
0: the great divorce thank you so yeah so i am not gonna pick fictional screw tape letters a lot of people are gonna be like why wasn't that
2: picked it should be on the list it's a great one
1: it is but
2: (sighs) in fact it'd be interesting in your list what was his most sold nonfiction work i'm guessing screw tape screw tape or mere Christianity, but yeah. I would put Screw Tape above it probably. And so, even though Screw Tape is fiction, so that doesn't really apply. Yeah, but it's and, a weird fiction. It shouldn't be fiction.
0: I will give Screw Tape letters this. Uh, you know, been I, I like it for this reason. Mm. It made me try to create something like it. It's it it spurred creativity in me uh, in a very similar way. So here you have demons trying to talk about how do you get the Christian to fall into temptation and how do we mix him up. I thought it'd be really interesting a creative endeavor to look at the fall of Satan, like from the opposite way, like you you have in the gospels, you have the temptation of Christ. And so I actually, I did write a little short story, the temptation of Satan, where he's in heaven and other angels are trying to keep, get him to obey.
1: Hmm.
0: And like Christ, he cites his reason like, no, 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 don't you know this? And he, he's like giving reasons for why he has to disobey the Lord, which is, you know, obviously wonky backwards never happen, but imaginatively thinking about something in a right. very Lewisy way, uh, it's not good. So that's why you've never heard about it. And you'll probably never see it. But anyway, my pick, you've already mentioned it. I think it is. Uh in our vernacular, mere Christianity, I think, you know, the broadcast talks. Yep. And uh that is a book, again, that. I had heard the title, "Mere Christianity." I had never read it, and that was required reading for Andy's class. And I thought it was a it's just a very solid uh, philosophically uh, minded uh, work on Christianity and aspects of the Christian life. And uh, you know apologetics is definitely not my cup of tea. And uh, but I, I found that very intriguing and helpful. And, uh, I think the way he postures his apologetics is really helpful as well. That he's not, uh, he's never belligerent. He's never, you know, looking down or condescending with his arguments. At least that's the way I read them. Um, I, I sense Lewis as a very, uh, gentle spirit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that actually comes through in the way that he argues mm-hmm. for Christian truths in mere Christianity. Mm-hmm. And of course I, I, I could be reasoned with that maybe that's not how he was or is. Uh, But uh, so I'd put mere Christianity uh, up there with one of his classic works of apologetics.
2: It's like a month ago. uh, My, well, it was a long time ago, like two years ago. My mom had this radio theater of CS Lewis by focus on the family. And it's basically like a drama uh, dramatized audio story about the, broadcast talks and how they came into being Mm -hmm. and so uh, my kids and i listened to it and it was fascinating i don't know how much of it is fictional or how much of it is historical Mm -hmm. um, but just how you know because that's where he actually became known was through the broadcast talks Yep. before that he was just a you know professor
0: just just a
2: oxford don yeah that was it so it was through those broadcast talks that that elevated him to uh a rather popular um, scholar and open doors. So anyway, it was a fascinating uh, thing to listen through. And if you're going on like a Christmas vacation or something, it might be something you want to pick up. It's not that long. And uh, yeah, focus on the family. Radio theater, C.S. Lewis at war.
0: Yeah, and there's there's a handful of things that are coming out in a more dramatized fashion about Lewis and the Inklings. We've mentioned some of them before, uh, specifically on Lewis. Uh, on his life, on his conversion. There's some really good things out there. And uh, just to help you kind of learn more about him. But uh, I feel before we go to the last thing about Lewis that we're going to do, which, and I already mentioned this before, prepare you, like what's your uh, uh, favorite quotes or biggest takeaways? Favorite quotes or biggest takeaways? So you don't have to have a quote. You could just say, here's one of my biggest, and you've kind of already mentioned some. So repetition's okay. But while we're here, I thought we would take guesses at what Andy's picks would have been. Oh, boy. So if you had picked, your number one was?
2: Abolition of Man.
0: Abolition of Man. And then I picked Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. hmm What do you think third overall Andy would have picked? And just because we already know what our, our picks were, if they can be things that we didn't pick, that's even better. Yeah. I don't want for sure, but I'm curious what you think.
2: I think he would have that hideous strength on the list. That's where you were going to.
0: I think, I think for sure he would have that hideous strength on here. Mm -hmm. And uh, we still have not, if you go all the way back in the annals of Thinkling's podcast, there's a really early podcast where I had listened through uh, the space trilogy for the first time. And Andy said, once you've listened or read through them three times, then we can talk about them. Mm-hmm. We've never actually had that that discussion on the podcast. So forthcoming at some point. But yeah, I think that hideous strength for
1: sure would be on there. Um I'm curious what I think he would pick a Narnia book. I think he I, I don't
0: remember if this was him, but I feel like he would really like the silver chair. Cause he, he mentions Puddleglum all. Yeah, that.
2: Puddleglum, that's what I was thinking.
0: But I think I think he would really l-
1: if he had to pick one of them, and he couldn't pick The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I think he'd be a silver chair guy. But I don't know.
0: Any, any other books that... Uh, which, by the way, listen, it's kind of perfect. Because I love Out of the Silent Planet. That's my favorite
1: of the space trilogy. <laughs> Tim's favorite is
0: Paralandra. And Andy's favorite, we, we think, is That Hideous Strength. So it's the perfect trio. Uh, and, and if you think about that long enough, that accentuates our differences as three different guys. But, uh, you anyway, know, any other books that you think are
1: like honorable mentions?
2: Surprised by Joy.
1: Ooh. Yeah, that is a good one. That is a good one. That's
2: he has, a, he has it's some really good, good poetry
0: as well. That,
2: oh, yeah.
0: um, you know.
2: Yeah? Yeah. Eh? yeah. Eh?
0: Okay. But anyway, okay. So we'll go to... The last part of it, favorite quotes or biggest takeaways of C.S. Lewis. And uh, all of this is in one big bundle of trying to convince whoever's listening to this to go and read C.S. Lewis. But what do you think, Tim? Biggest, biggest takeaways or favorite quotes?
2: We make men without chess and expect from them virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst.
0: Mm, that's a good one. That's from the first... Chapter or first essay of the abolition of man. That's right. In that same chapter, probably the one that I've quoted the most often, the heart should never take the place of the head, but it can and should obey it. Amen. And uh, and I think that is probably uh, other than the apologetics and just the imaginative, creative stimulus. Uh-huh. Probably my biggest takeaway from Lewis is the uh, the affections discussion that we've had on abolition. But any other quotes, any other
2: takeaways? Well, I, I got to look it up. It's going to take a second. You go and do yours.
0: Okay. I do have another one and I looked it up right before the podcast because today it is, as we mentioned, November, uh, well, this isn't November 29th. You're, this is being posted on November 29th, but today is a very cold, wintry day. It even snowed last week.
2: It's been great. I was walking over here. The sky is nice and crisp. It's one of the beautiful things about winter.
0: And so here's an extended quote from that hideous strength that is, I think about this every time I get kind of grumpy about snow. (laughs) Don't you like a rather foggy, a rather foggy in a wood in autumn? You'll find we shall be perfectly warm sitting in the car. Jane said she'd never heard of anyone liking fogs before, but she didn't mind trying. All three got in. That's why Camilla and I got married, said Denniston, as they drove off. We both like weather. Not this or that kind of weather, but just weather. It's a useful taste if one lives in England. However did you learn to to do that, Mr. Denniston, said Jane. I don't think I should ever learn to like rain and snow. It's the other way around, said Denniston. Everyone begins as a child by liking weather. You learn the art of disliking it as you grow up. Noticed it on a snowy day? The grown ups are all going about with long faces, but look at the children <laughs> and the dogs. They know what snow is made for. I'm sure I hated wet days as a child, said Jane. That's because the grown ups kept you in, said Camilla. Any child loves rain if it's allowed to go out and paddle about in it. And so that's from that hideous strength. And I just. I'm not a fan of snow, but I, I like that little quote there. Kids, kids love snow. It's because it hasn't been, hasn't been beaten out of them yet. But anyway,
2: my uh, daughter uh, today, she was with me in the bookstore for a little bit. I was walking her back and she was complaining about, she was saying how she is not as excited about snow anymore. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, honey, you're not really old enough for that yet. You, you should, <laughs> you're supposed to still love it like way too much.
0: Yep. Anyway.
2: Okay, so my second one.
0: You got another one? I don't have any more after that.
2: Oh, I have two. Okay, so the next one is... I'm just going to read this little section, uh, this little thing. C.S. Lewis communicated the ambiguity between the actual person and the force possessing the person through the satanically indwelt character of Weston in Paralandra. Quote... Ransom did not know whether in the last few hours the spirit which had spoken to him was really Weston's or whether he had been the victim of a ruse. Indeed, it made little difference. There was, no doubt, a confusion of persons in damnation.
0: And I mean, I can't, I feel like we can't. That's boring,
2: I know. But I feel like we can't that say was that. my quote. That can, Ransom. Ransom. That was my next one. <laughs> was it really? Yeah.
0: Oh, what? Nothing. (laughs) That that is like it's it's both hilarious but chilling at the same time. Yeah, because as you as you slowly realize what's going on there. Yeah. Ooh. It it, again. Lewis does so well. He gets you to think about something that you've probably thought about before, but you're thinking about it in a way you haven't thought about it before. And uh, I think he does that really well with his fiction. Uh, he's, does it similarly well with his nonfiction, but I think he does it really well with some of his, some of his fiction. Um, I guess I will mention, we've already mentioned, we've already named the quote or listed it here, but, uh, from, uh, the four loves, the little knots of friends that oh, turn yeah. their backs on the world are the ones yeah. that really transform it. Well, that's
2: gotta be in there. That's, yeah. that's number one. That's, that's like it. the it's overall... on all of our mugs. It's on yeah. our t-shirts. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. But anyway, and then I guess your last quote was the
2: the parolander right, one.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. That and there's there's a really good soundbite on one of our early podcasts where uh, Andy's uh, doing that as well, which is really funny. <laughs> but anyway, so there's a whole bunch of stuff about C.S. Lewis, and uh, if you don't like C.S. Lewis, you probably turned this off a long time ago, but if you, you know, enjoy listening to us talk about nonsense, which I guess Lewis isn't nonsense, but if you enjoy us kind of just bantering, it's a very different kind of podcast than what we normally do. It's
2: reminiscing.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, enjoying, Mm -hmm. enjoying the creativity and the, the work and the effort of what Lewis has provided for
1: us. Mm -hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, Even if we can produce one thing like that, you know, a writing or a a sermon, a podcast, or you know, if you can have a group of friends that encourages one another to Christ's likeness Mm. in the same way that He does uh, to us, many years after His death, you've you've made an eternal uh, blessing in someone's life. You've Mm. glorified the Lord. And so, if you haven't enjoyed that with us, that's okay.
1: Uh, But if you do, encourage you to read good books, talk about it with your friends. you go. Happy CS Lewis reading day. Thank you for listening to this episode of
0: the Thinklings podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or potential topics that you'd like us to discuss, you can contact us through our email, thinklingspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, don't let this conversation end with this podcast. Read good books, talk about them with your friends, and always continue to cultivate your mind. See you next time on The Thinklings Podcast. The Thinklings want to remind our listeners that The Thinklings Podcast is our personal production. Our conversations, book discussions, and viewpoints may not represent the views of Faith Baptist Bible College and
1: Theological Seminary. Any questions or feedback should be directed to us at The Thinklings Podcast.